0: Hello and welcome to the Elastic Pants podcast with me, Juliana Scheele. This podcast contains details of emotional, physical and sexual abuse. And I just want to warn anyone who might find these topics triggering or upsetting. If you think you might have been affected by any of these issues, contact Women's Aid on 1-800-341-900. So obviously we're not using your full name. We don't have to use your first name, by the way, either.
1: Do you know, I thought about it and I think like... I think I'm happy to use my first name because I feel like if there's a point in the future where I'm like, you know, I want to share that with someone and say, Oh, yeah. I was on like that podcast with Juliana or whatever, then I can. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, so at least I can lay some claim to it. But if I never want to do that, that's okay
0: as well. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. So I don't know anything about mm-hmm. your story. So this will be my first time hearing it too. Yeah. So I suppose we'll go back to the very beginning and you're gonna have to give me a whole background.
1: Um, yeah, so I met my ex when I was, I think I was fifteen, um, when I met him first, and it's funny, like you know, in hindsight, you, you can see all the red flags. Like when I talk about it now, I'm like, God, that was so obvious. When we first met, he was really keen on me, and he was so flattering and so loving and so forward, and it was constantly like he wanted to get to know me, he wanted to go out on a date, like he wanted to meet up, and. I know now that you'd probably call that love bombing but at the time I just felt so flattered and so you know you're a teenage girl like obviously I had my insecure moments but I was quite sure of myself I was quite confident young person and so I never felt like in the beginning that there was anything strange or threatening or any warning signs because I kind of thought god he's so into me (laughs) and like maybe I'm not that into him you know I felt really um kind of confident and I suppose I felt like in control maybe um you know so looking back I find it really hard to figure out the timeline of where things went wrong or where things started to change um I do remember like one really small thing something like he didn't text me back or something and then I, I I said oh like you didn't text me back and he sent me this massive apology like I'm so sorry. I'm I I really like you, and I'm so enjoying getting to know you. And I remember thinking, God, this is so, this is too much. <laughs> this is really intense. But I was just flattered, really. I thought it was nice and kind of cute. So um, that was maybe the only time that I thought, oh, this is too much. I, I really don't know what happened. Looking back, I just see almost flashes of things that were scary or strange, and I do think I've blocked a lot of it out. It's funny, like when you asked me to do the interview I kind of said to one or two of my friends oh you know I'm thinking of talking about this and like what did they remember and they would bring up something and I go god I don't even remember that you know or or oh that's only coming back to me now and then the more that I thought about it the more I was getting these flashes of things like I suppose I I feel like he was very protective and in the beginning there was kind of things I noticed, like, you know, if I didn't text him back, he'd be really frustrated. Or if I went out with people that he didn't know, he'd be really frustrated. I kind of thought, again, that it was like sweeter, that it was his way of showing him which he loved me and how much he cared about me. And I suppose I, I feel kind of ashamed, almost, in a way, looking back. I, I don't know why I associate that feeling with it, because you know if let's say if one of my younger cousins came to me and spoke to me about this I'd never think oh you should be ashamed <laughs> mm. but I, I do feel kind of ashamed because at the time I actually liked that like I loved that he was so overprotective because it made me feel special mm. and I think you know he would like he started to get mad like if I went out with a friend and there was guys there or if I mentioned a male friend he'd kind of Snapper, he'd get really pissed off um and I would feel like oh like that's because he's so crazy about me yeah. and I think I started to almost like maybe crave that a little bit like when I when I look at my relationships afterwards I realized that I I really quickly associated that with someone who really cares about you yeah you know like if we would go out and a guy would try and chat me up at a bar or something and he would go mental and my friends would be kind of slagging him being like oh god that's so embarrassing and I was like well you just don't get it like because nobody loves you that much or are that hard you know like he really cares about me um and yeah then then as time went on like it just got more intense like more and more I kind of felt oh well I can't say that or I can't do that because it will really really upset him and really aggravate him and I, I never felt upset by that myself or frustrated by that myself I was really happy to make those adjustments like I was happy to cut off my male friends and I was happy to go out less and I was happy to you know text him back constantly all day every day um and then it sort of changed to I was devastated if I couldn't do those things because I was devastated if I thought I was hurting him or I was upsetting him like I I don't know where the shift happened but suddenly if I didn't text him back in time and if he you know got upset about it I felt heartbroken like I felt like I was doing something wrong or a crap like I'm not being a good enough girlfriend I'm not being attentive enough again it all just feels strange like I don't know like I can't see it clearly really but I I remember things like we, so I'd be in school and I'd text him all day through school and then we'd have after school study and um, I'd text him all the way to after school study I'd meet him before after school study I'd see him at the break of after school study I'd go home and I'd text him all night long and then just rinse and repeat in the morning and, like there was one incident where I had a cold sore and I didn't want to go to study because I was really embarrassed like that everyone would see me with a cold sore on my lip and um, so I didn't go and I sent him a text like, oh, I'm not going to go to after school study today because I'm embarrassed. Like I have a cold sore and I look terrible. And he like flipped out of me. He was like, you know, I can't believe like you, you're so concerned about what everybody else thinks of you. Like it's definitely because you are worried about impressing other boys. Like nobody else is looking at you. Like you're mine. You know, why do you care what anybody else thinks? And This tangent, and I remember I cried all night long, and I felt so guilty and so ashamed because I thought he's right. Like I'm, I'm looking for validation off other guys, and I should be like, you know, embarrassed and like, which was never me. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Like before the relationship, I was so um, I was such a radical feminist. (laughs) You know, it's weird. I think nobody expected me to ever sort of be that kind of girl, and I remember when I was with him I started developing all these bizarre traditional values I kept thinking like god I really do hate girls that seek other men's validation and you know girlfriends should just stay at home and be there for their boyfriends and not have contact with other men and which wasn't me but it it happened so fast I didn't even realize that like my whole worldview was kind of changing you know I guess it just it just escalated like i deleted all my male friends off Facebook and Snapchat um I I actually ended up deleting my social media uh for it was about seven or eight months because he thought it would be a good idea and I you know I really glorified him like I I really had him on a pedestal I thought everything he said was gospel um and he he started kind of convincing me that you know again like everyone on social media is there for attention and you know you're not like those other girls <laughs> which is terrible and my internalized misogyny just ate that up you know i'm not like other girls i'm different and i don't need anyone else's attention i just need his attention you know um so i deleted all my social media and that was the period i think where he really got his claws into me and he started saying things like you know your friends aren't really good for you and your friends don't really care about you um, and that's when the real isolation started because when I went home I wasn't on any social media so I was just texting him and talking to him and my friends might text me and say something like oh why aren't you coming out you're only ever with your boyfriend and I immediately would be like oh they're validating what he said he's right you know they don't care about us they don't care about my best interests Um. and so I fell down a slippery slope very quickly of it just being me and him and that was just my bubble and I couldn't see outside of that yeah it kind of it 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 just snowballed that way like again I I don't know like what the exact sequence of everything but suddenly it was like he was telling me what to wear or what not to wear when we went out and then you know he was monitoring like who I talked to and who I went out with and I stopped posting photos of myself um like on social media when when I had it like you know I remember I someone took a photo of me at a festival and he I posted it and he screenshotted it and he wrote across it in you know whatsapp or whatever um, I want boys to look at me and I was so ridiculed and embarrassed that I deleted it and I deleted all photos of myself um and you know I I I just basically feel like I devoted myself to him entirely Um, you know and anytime I did something to upset him I felt like my whole world was crumbling and he knew I think to to really when to pull and when to push he would like give me loads of affection at the beginning and then when he took it away I was so surprised and I would like be you know desperate like begging for more attention and then the next time he gave me the attention it would be a little bit less and it would kind of repeat like that until the end I was like desperate for just a crumb of attention or a crumb of his affection you know I would do something quote-unquote wrong like talk to a male friend at study and I'd go home and he'd be like you're a sly you know you're you're a snake you're sly I can't trust you um and I would just be in bits like you know I felt you know, he kind of was building me with this idea that like nobody else understands you and nobody else will ever understand you and I'm the only one you have. So I and I really believe that. And so when I wasn't getting his attention, I felt like worthless.
0: And how, how long were you together?
1: Um, just under two years.
0: And what was the breakup like in getting out of the relationship?
1: Um, so we he broke up with me um he was going to college and he was like I want to experience college and I was like devastated absolutely heartbroken I was so upset he was kind of like I don't want to lose you I just want to experience college and like if you can just wait for me and of course I was like yeah absolutely he was the year ahead of me but he was about two years older than me um so he was old for his year so he went off to college and I was distraught I was absolutely distraught then really slowly I started to like go back out with my friends I was still in this notion that he was like a hero and that Mm. I was really missing out and just praying that he would come back to me and I was at a festival and one of my friends was really drunk and like I remember this so specifically she like threw her arms around me and she was like I'm so glad that you're not together anymore I've really missed you And like I was like a penny dropping moment because I was like, what do you mean you've missed me? Like I've been here this whole time. And then slowly my friend started saying like, you know, the last two years you've been like a ghost. Like, You just come in. You never speak to anyone. You're so isolated. Like nobody knew what was going on. Like nobody knew how to get through to you. And then I kind of started thinking, oh, like maybe that relationship wasn't the healthiest. But I still for some reason couldn't see him as a perpetrator of any of that I just felt like oh we were young and it was a bit messy or it was a bit toxic you know um and then that's when it's like (laughs) typical it's like they know you know as soon as I started going out with my friends and talking to like you know guys that I used to talk to before like just male friends or whatever that's when I started getting messages in the middle of the night like him saying I miss you and I hope you haven't moved on um and asking me to meet up and then we we started kind of meeting up irregularly like we would go to meet up and he would get really upset and say I miss you and I love you and you know I'm finding this really hard but I just don't think it's a good idea to get back together and um I was really confused you know because I was mad about him and I wanted him to want me but I also was starting to get this sense that there was something off or there was something not good about it um and I wish I could say this was the catalyst, but it wasn't. But it was very close to it that one day he picked me up. Um, and when I got in the car, I could tell that he was stoned, probably like his eyes were really red. And when I got in, he locked the doors and he like wouldn't look at me. And I was like, oh, I think we should go for a walk. You know, I could sense something was wrong and that maybe he was under the influence or whatever. But he didn't want to get out um of the car and he drove us up to the riverbank um where near where we lived and I thought that he was gonna drive
0: us off. Um sorry. No, you're okay, you take your time. Mm-hmm. Take your time.
1: Um he was just very upset and I couldn't seem to calm him down and like I just remember like his like knuckles were on the steering wheel and I just had this feeling like okay you know just accept it like it's it's probably he's probably going to drive off and I don't know I just felt almost like in that moment like resigned to it like kind of I felt sorry for him actually <laughs> I didn't feel like angry or upset I just felt like oh god like I've driven him to this madness you know (laughs) or I've broken his heart that much um that he feels like there's no no release or whatever um and I remember I I think I kissed him because I thought okay just calm him down like show him that you're still interested and there's still hope for us or whatever and then he calmed down and that kind of i didn't see him for a while but i started getting phone calls then you know i i was starting then more and more to spend time with my friends and go out and i started texting other people and getting more of my personality back um yeah. and then i started getting phone calls which i know now was like a classic tactic but at the time i was terrified by of him threatening to kill himself and mm. saying you know when are we going to get back together and if we don't i'm i'm not going to be able to cope and I'm so grateful that my parents who were very level-headed at the time were like you know that's it's he's manipulating you um and to ignore it but I was I was in bits like I was stressed every single day I was afraid he was going to hurt himself and um then again I don't know I I really don't know what happened I don't know what the final straw was but one day we met up and I just saw someone that I felt sorry for her and I felt like no love for her or no admiration for her or no respect for her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened I, I wish that I kind of did because I'd love to <laughs> to be able to like source that strength um but I just remember thinking I'm over this and that's when I cut contact but yeah. four or five years later I think the last one was a year ago I was still getting emails and texts um emails mostly because I blocked him on everything else but strained threatening emails saying that he was still in love with me and he thinks of me every day and that he wouldn't stop chasing um that, that was his words <laughs> but yeah I don't know why I'm laughing <laughs> it makes me terrified in my chest but uh, yeah just um so that's kind of how it filtered out.
0: Yeah. And I was going to ask you about your, like the kind of support from your friends and family when you were going through the breakup, but it kind of sounds like they saw the warning signs of abuse before you did. Because normally it's the other yeah. way around.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I actually haven't talked about it in depth really, like from start to finish with anyone except you now. <laughs> um, I've definitely brought up like, bits and bobs and I think it broke my heart most to tell my mom because you know you don't want them to know like how hard it was or that you were in pain or that you were suffering um and I know that that broke her heart really and um I still haven't had the conversation with my dad I don't know (laughs) you know I know that like it would break his heart to talk about it with him um and my friends really yeah it was years years until I started to really talk about some of the the darker memories or you know things that kind of I still find difficult to discuss you know like maybe sort of our sexual relationship and you know like just things that make me feel embarrassed Or ashamed like I said earlier um you know and they said that they didn't know how bad it was but they could definitely see that it wasn't good for me but you know the more they tried to reach out the more I pushed which I think is is the difficult thing you know they really tried their best but they were afraid that I would cut them off entirely if they tried to intervene anymore so um yeah, I mean, now, like, the support from my friends is just incredible. Like, they're so supportive. And if I ever want to talk about it, they're amazing. And, you know, it hurts me that it hurts them <laughs> when we talk about it, you know, because they're like, if we'd have known or if we'd have been able to help, you know, but but they were powerless to help, as was I, you know. So um, I still feel sometimes that I don't want to talk about it because I want to protect other people as well, you know, as myself yeah. because you know, you don't want them to to feel any guilt or anything, you know. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. <laughs> and what was your relationship like with yourself after that relationship? Um I definitely feel that my
1: confidence was totally shot. Mm. You know, I um I my self-esteem was just on the floor and like like I said like before I was quite confident like I was very outgoing um and I had a I I actually think I had a great relationship with myself really which I think is kind of rare for a lot of 12 13 year old girls I was lucky like I my parents instilled you know real self-confidence with me and I had such a amazing tight-knit group of girlfriends so um I think I was just really shocked like afterwards when I tried to kind of pick up the pieces and I was like oh my god I've I've lost so much of myself here you know um and one of the worst things for me anyway it's probably sounds a bit shallow (laughs) but um I started pulling my hair out um about three months into the relationship which I don't think three months in even though sort of um emotional abuse had started but maybe it had and I just didn't realize I think my my body was reacting if that makes sense before my mind was catching on um but I developed this compulsion of pulling out my hair and I still suffer from that really badly yeah and that sucks because you know I feel I have gone to therapy and I've had a lot of support and I've done a lot of work on myself but it's something that I can't kick and it breaks my heart really that that I feel he still has a hold on my relationship with myself in that way um yeah so sometimes it is really hard I feel like if I look in the mirror and I see like you know like I see that in myself um so it's yeah yeah <laughs>
0: And
1: what, yeah, was your, just, what was your experience yeah. like in therapy? Therapy was was amazing, actually. Um, therapy really helped. It took me a while to find a good therapist. <laughs> I think that's kind of everyone's experience. Um, yeah. But I got lucky um, after a couple. And I found an amazing therapist. Shout out to Linda from City Therapy <laughs> in Dublin. She was amazing. Um, and she she kind of helped me realize that you know um even though there are things left that I'm struggling with that doesn't mean that he's still with me or that the relationship is still you know like I'm my own person um and I uh I suppose my um my relationship with myself isn't defined by what he said to me or like anything that he he did or made me feel you know um and that was huge I think that like I sort of was re-realising like my inner strength and my inner confidence like that's mine and you know he doesn't have a hold on that anymore Um, and yeah I think I think going to therapy really helped to restore my sort of like my my self-reliance and my self-regulation like before that I started to I think seek um my validation in relationships where I was hoping to mimic the sense of that over protectiveness because I felt safe there of course I I didn't feel safe there I think it was a I don't know I I I suppose I really don't know how to psychoanalyse it but I was looking for something to mimic that feeling because in a way it was like self it was kind of like a self-harm in a way you know that I felt like I belonged in that position where someone was controlling me um and so I had to like relearn I guess that you know I'm only really going to get fulfilled and validated through my own self you know um and to seek that validation for myself um, and that has been so transformative. Like, I do think, you know, it's a process, but like every week, every month, every year, I feel more and more in tune with myself, um, which I'm so grateful for.
0: Okay, well, I think that's our last question. I think you've answered the question. <laughs> amazing, you're amazing. You're such a good speaker. I'm just going to stop the recording now. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, if you've been affected by any of these topics, call Women's Aid on one 800 Three four one nine zero zero. Women's Aid also run a campaign called Two into You, which provides support for Irish women aged eighteen to twenty-five. They have a chat room you can message into and ask anything you like, as well as plenty of information on what an abusive relationship looks like on Two into